Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we talk about folks that violate the social contract that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raspberries, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, and special guest, the Blue Duck Gold Duck from the Mount Moon Review Podcast, uh, bringing you interesting stories from all over the internet. And if you're watching this on our live stream on our YouTube channel, I sincerely apologize for all the technical difficulties. Um, we're, we're blaming Duck. We're blaming Duck. Yes. It's all, <laughs> it's all Duck's fault. And, um, I, you know, the, 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 the whole thing started when Duck decided that he was going to wear our official Mount Moon Crew jersey. And then Buck and I are both like, well, I, I guess we got to go change. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, the, the guy that helped start the Mount Moon Crew and with the initial podcast on our network, the, the Mount Moon Review can't get his shit together and get his mic working right. <laughs> been a hassle. It's been a hassle indeed. But here we are, episode 48. We're almost up on a year, Buck. I mean, that's pretty bloody impressive. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. People, there's some people that only have marriages that last this long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the, the Mount Moon Review made it a little bit longer, and it's still not technically dead. It's still going. It's just... COVID kind of shot Pokemon in the dick and Pikachu's on life support. So uh, we're not doing a whole lot with that podcast right now, but um, I'm, we're waiting and, you know, hopefully, you know, Duck makes his triumphant return. But for now, he's going to join us for this, at least this episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Because there is a Pokemon story buried in here, Duck. All right. Well, I'm ready to hear it. Well, good. But we're not going to start there. So let me ask you guys, when's the last time you went to McDonald's and you wanted a McMuffin and you just couldn't get it because it wasn't 11, it was 1130 or it was 11, depending on what time they arbitrarily decide to switch to lunch. Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I personally wish they would just not have breakfast at all at McDonald's. Oh, uh, that's a I little bit of red flare here on the uh, social liability think... podcast. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with like you? I don't like frozen eggs. But the hash browns are divine. The hash browns are good. They're divine. They are the they are the dessert of breakfast, duck. What the heck? All I'm saying is when I wanna when I wanna when I was going to work at like seven o'clock in the morning, sometimes I would want a cheeseburger for breakfast. And I could never have one because nobody sells cheeseburgers at 7 a.m. Well, you're in Pennsylvania, so Sheets Sheets sells cheeseburgers at 7 a.m. Quit your bitch. Indeed, they do. Sheets cheeseburgers taste bad. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Duck, you're getting food because you're too lazy to cook and don't possess the time (laughs) management skills required to plan ahead for a meal. And now you're going to be begging about the fucking taste. Like, come on. You want a cheeseburger at 5 a.m. and you're like, but it's got to taste good. No, man. <laughs> Nothing tastes no. good at 5 a.m. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, that's, most that's people who want something along those lines can't even speak when they order it. They can just point at the picture on the menu because they're so freaking drunk. <laughs> like, and you're worried about the quality of... Uh, it's pretty much here, Duck. Eat this. It might keep you alive. <laughs> you know that might be the case, but that's that's just my opinion on on the 
like any anywhere that has the eggs that were frozen and then just throw them on throw it on a bun i don't i don't really enjoy that that's that's all Duck, you'd never make it in jail <laughs> at all <laughs> welcome to jail where eggs where eggs come in a bag <laughs> yeah I'd... oh let's hope i never go to jail then yeah, but you know what? You can you can just really put a nice little flare on it and be like, they're not boiled, they're sous vide. <laughs> <laughs> well, this instance, yeah, this this guy's kind of on the same side as Duck here because he's got it a little little backwards. This is coming from Fox News. McDonald's robber demands chicken nuggets and has to accept breakfast food because it was still too early. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm I am this guy. <laughs> Well, he kind of looks like you, yeah, just a little skinnier. Uh, McDonald's really is strict about its lunch starts. A man has been jailed for robbing a McDonald's in England and making off with not only some cash, but also food. Unfortunately, not only did he get caught, but he also wasn't able to get the meal he was hoping for at the time of the robbery. Uh, Rudy Batten pled guilty to robbing McDonald's in February, Southwest News Service reports. According to the news outlet, Batten claimed to have a gun and demanded money from the register and forced a manager to give him access to the store's safe. <laughs> Never even showed the gun. Uh, on his way out, Batten reportedly demanded some of the fast food franchise's famous chicken nuggets. Unfortunately for him, it was still too early in the day and the restaurant was only serving items from its breakfast menu. <laughs> Apparently, he was unwilling to wait for some nuggets to be cooked, so Batten made off with some double sausage McMuffins instead. <laughs> A real tragedy. Batten <laughs> reportedly stole more than $600 from the restaurant. Uh, he was reported, reportedly identified by CCTV cameras, and he turned himself into the authorities later that day. It was discovered that instead of an actual gun, Batten had threatened his vet victims with an unloaded .177 air pistol. I'm guessing a BB gun. Uh, the judge recently sentenced him to six years in prison. Battenley reportedly claimed that he had robbed the restaurant in order to get money to pay back a debt. His lawyer said that he was ashamed and embarrassed for his actions. So he wanted some delicious nugs, and all he got was some sausage sandwiches. And he ended up with six years in jail for the... For the for... Yeah, he got more sausage than he fucking bargained for on that deal. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, We're not not in review anymore, kids. (laughs) So in England, even air air, uh, air BB guns have to be like registered and stored and everything. And uh, so it's treated pretty much as a firearm. Anytime you commit a crime with one of them, they were there as well. Um, But, you know, uh, six years for 600 bucks and some delicious. Well, I guess he didn't get delicious nugs. He got with some sausage sandwiches. Nope. Um, I support this sentence, but... (laughs) Come on, man. You know they don't have nuggets in the morning. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, dude. Like, time management skills are a huge, huge, like, factor in any heist. And this should just this should just reign true with that, man. Now, like, I... if he'd have just waited the extra hour, he'd have gotten away with his nuggets and his cash. I wonder you how know. much... I wonder how much the uh, the debt was. I hope it wasn't only six hundred dollars. Well, I, I like the fact that the they say that he was unwilling to wait for the nuggets. It's just like the manager's like he's like, well, give me some nuggets, and the manager's like, well, unfortunately, sir, we do not have any nuggets as of yet. But if you will patiently wait for just a moment while we prepare some for you, uh, we will refrain from contacting the authorities until you have left. <laughs> 
No, I, no, I you know, British people are awfully polite. I could see that actually being like an actual narrative. I gotta meet a guy for tea in twenty minutes. <laughs> I need my nugs now. No, man, they weren't meet. They, that's like four p.m. or something. You see, it's time management. Time management. Like Duck's not gonna get on the freaking crime crime like crime scene rehabilitate or uh, reconstruction team with that one, man. Yeah, he's gonna meet him for tea in twenty minutes, but he couldn't get nuggets at McDonald. No, nope. Mm-mm. Get back across the pond. Well, we're not gonna ask too many medical related questions of our of our guests or ourselves. We've we've talked about various aspects of the of the COVID issues. But uh, we've refrained from going too deep into it. But this this story kind of just like throws something up there that I think we have to discuss. And this is being reported by The Insider. A Florida family has been indicted after posing as a church and selling industrial bleach as miracle cure for COVID-19, HIV, and cancer. So I haven't read this story yet, but fuck these people. I mean, yeah. I guess they are cured. If they drank it. This isn't the Yeah, al- this, along with their mortality. Yeah, this isn't the cure like, for HIV, this is the cure for life. <laughs> yeah. You don't have HIV anymore. Well yeah. I wonder if that's gonna be their defense in court. <laughs> yeah, well that's probably their slogan. It's like, you know when you said at least you got your health? Well now you don't even have that. Well, a Florida family has been indicted for selling industrial bleach and promoting it as the cure for COVID-19 and other medical conditions, including cancer, diabetes, and HIV-AIDS, according to the Department of Justice. According to the DOJ press release, Mark Grennan, 62, and his sons Jordan, Jonathan, and Joseph, that's a problem right there, (laughs) are charged with two counts of criminal contempt and one count of conspiracy to commit fraud against the United States. They are also accused of selling Miracle Mineral Solution, MMS, suggesting that ingesting the product that was not FDA approved would prevent and cure COVID, the Department of Justice has gone on to say. The MMS is a chemical solution containing sodium chloride and water, which, when digested orally, become chlorine dioxide, a powerful bleach typically used for industrial water treatment or bleaching textiles, pulp, and paper. Um, Yeah. So, sodium chloride is bleach, uh, Mm. and chlorine dioxide is bleach and... Oh, what's the other chemical? Oxygen? No... No, because you end up you mix you mix the two by accident and you get chlorine gas. Uh, you're gonna die, fool. <laughs> okay. The Food and Drug Administration uh, has not licensed MMS as a treatment for any illness, and in 2019 was compelled to renew its warning against taking the substance after a spike in a number of people reported to have taken it. The FDA warns that MMS causes severe vomiting, diarrhea, and life-threatening low blood pressure, and in large doses can be fatal. Well, no shit, Kung Fu. God. The Grennans are accused of selling a product while posing online as a non-religious church called Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing. Uh, to avoid getting caught and to legalize the use of MMS, according to the Department of Justice. The DOJ said the family was about to distribute the product nationwide, racking up more than $1 million for selling the fraudulent care. The press. Wow. 
for just going down and buying Walmart out of bleach. Uh, the press release says that the family also previously violated orders from the court that told them to stop selling MMS, but they were failed to comply. Duh. According to the charging documents, the Grenons willfully violated the court orders and continued to distribute MMS. The Grenons also allegedly threatened the federal judge presiding over the civil case and threatened that should the government attempt to enforce the court orders halting their distribution of MMS, the Grenons would pick up guns and instigate a Waco. Holy shit! Way to, wow. way to, way to get caught and double down. Holy crap. If found guilty, the family could face life behind bars, according to the DOJ. Was anybody hurt by this stuff? Uh... I don't know. The article doesn't say anything was linked specifically to these people. But, oh my... I mean, this the, the whole concept of MMS is not actually something new. It is something that has been pushed through the, you know, the, the modern snake oil salesman for years. Uh, because, you know, it... For, you, you can use bleach to actually just to in very small amounts the the solution for pollution is dilution folks and you can you know actually purify quote unquote make it so that you don't die from the, the the parasites inside water with a small minute amount of bleach i don't recommend it it's this is like survival techniques um bleach does kill everything so putting it in your body technically does kill everything including you it's not a good idea but you know, from the time of memorial, we have people who insist on trying to exploit people who are in fear of their own lives for some disease or another. There's always people out there who are going to say, I have the miracle cure for this, that, or the other thing. And all it is is a jar of horse piss. Right. But as long as one person gets up there and says, I swear it works, you know, it's, it's really all it takes. I propose we start the MMS challenge oh you shut the fuck no 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 dude no no you shut the fuck up man no (laughs) unless unless your challenge includes like finding those who are using mms and then slapping them on camera i mean like that maybe but as far as like actually like proposing that somebody do this to themselves no freaking way that's like kidding okay well well, I don't, I don't have a disclaimer to throw up on the screen or to play at the beginning yeah. of the podcast, Duck. So, you know, uh, yeah, don't, let's, let's not try to instigate people to kill themselves on the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's the evolution of the Tide Pod Challenge. And you're the evolution we're of... We're fucking... Uh, Raz, <laughs> we're fucking old, man. We're fucking old. We are. You guys, you because, guys know what the because... Pod Challenge is? Yes! Oh, no, we know what it is, man. And we, and we, we, and we made fun of your generation because of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one below me. No, I don't know, man. You look People like a participation patient medal. You look like a partition, participation medal fucking poster child, man. Tied People pod... my age ate cinnamon. That's it. We dumped ice on ourselves. We didn't eat Tide Pods. Touche. We're going to start that. They smell good, but they taste terrible. You know what? You had me. You you know what? You almost almost flipped me, Doug. You almost almost did it, man. I almost fucking got right in your fucking V formation, man. I was almost riding with the duck, man. I was going to be like, you know what? You're right. 
that was the generation before you. Boom, boom, boom. I can ride this. I can co-sign everything. And you're like, the Tide Pods do taste like shit. And I'm like, never mind. <laughs> never I mind. <laughs> I promise. What? I didn't mean any time. I mean, seriously, the, the people like, younger <laughs> than us, and, and I, I actually mean younger than Duck in this case, if, if you just throw the word fucking challenge at the end, will they, will they do it? Like, can we, can we start to cut your nipples off and mail them to former President Obama challenge? I mean... <laughs> If you make a TikTok and you do it yourself, yeah. All right, Duck, get on it. I'm not cutting my nipples off. Nobody, everybody in the Social Liability Podcast has a function. Raz is the engineer of our reality. I am the morality booster, and you are the patsy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be right back. I got to get my coconuts. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Be prepared. Special hat and everything. <laughs> well, we go from the twisted giving twisted people having indifference for everyone around them to the twisted giving indifference to everyone, including their own family. This is being reported by WBRZ2 ABC News. And the headline reads, and I quote, Fuck them kids, woman said before setting house on fire with children inside. Baton Rouge. Investigators believe a woman with a vendetta against her estranged husband set fire to a home while his new girlfriend's children were still inside. According to a warrant from the Baton Rouge Fire Department, things escalated after Sharon Blackson, 40, got into a wreck with her husband and the victim, his current girlfriend, on April 2nd. Blackson admitted to investigators she followed her husband to a hotel on College Drive after the wreck and confronted him. Both Blackson's car and the victim's vehicle were left at the same auto repair shop where the husband worked that day. Jesus Christ, dude, separate them. Damn. According to the arrest documents, Blackson went on to borrow her mother's vehicle so she could check on her car. Employees at the repair shop later said that they returned to work the next morning to find Blackson's car gone and the victim's vehicle vandalized. The same night, witnesses reported seeing a suspicious vehicle outside the victim's home on Howell Drive. The home was set ablaze around 2 a.m. April 3rd, according to investigators within the fire department. An eyewitness reported seeing something resembling a Molotov cocktail being thrown into the house. The victim's children, 12 and 3, were inside the home at the time, but made it out unharmed, which is the only reason we're covering this story. Law enforcement officials later spoke with the victim, Blackson's estranged husband, who claimed that Blackson had been terrorizing them. They showed investigators threatening text messages and social media posts. Blackson made that day of the fire saying, fuck them kids and don't play with me, play with your kids, laugh emoji, I'm gonna win every time. And that was really hard to read. She allegedly sent out her messages referencing a news story about the fire saying, when you hear you gonna... No, did you see the news? Damn, illiterate. On April 20th, the man claimed, um, yeah, the man claimed Blackson followed him from work to find that uh, where he and his girlfriend were staying. He said they got into a confrontation at the store and then drove around until they lost Blackson. Blackson avoided law enforcement until Monday, April 26th. I mean, good job. <laughs> When she was taken into custody, she was also booked on charges of aggravated arson, terrorizing, and simple charge, simple criminal damage to the property. Is is a piece of ass that important? 
I'm sorry, man. I, I I already started hating when when this person started putting kids' lives in danger, man. Yeah, that's she's an like, asshole. Like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I really have not understood why. Yes, well, then, yes. If, if you have a, if you have a failed relationship, yes, be angry. But is it really worth all that? No. No, it's, it not, gonna, it's not going to make and, your life any fucking better. Just goddamn. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, and shame and not shame. shame not, that's because I'm only judging on the information that I have. There's no possible way that I'd be able to analyze this entire situation. But just based on the information I have, my first question would be, why the hell is this woman staying with this man anyhow if some psychopath is threatening her and her fucking children all the time? That too. Like, like why wouldn't mom like and you know don't get me wrong you know i love i love caregiver katie but if she had that kind of drama into her life with my kids around nah i i'd, I'd have to i'd have to pull the plug i'd have to be like now nope, me and the kids are getting out of here till this this gets sorted out fuck this shit i'm out i said fuck this shit i'm out <laughs> well it's like you know, and it's it, it's not even about, like, you know, my own personal, like, oh, well, you know, I'm ride or die. Not that, me? Yeah, I am ride or die, but my kids are not. They didn't ask to be in this situation. They should have never been involved. And that, and again, I'm, I'm making that comment without having the entire, like, inner machinations of the system whittled out. I'm all, I only have, like, a very limited amount of information. But, hmm. Based, but just based off this first glance, I, I don't even know why the kids were in this equation. They should have never been there. No, you you need to like focus. Uh, yes, it's being lonely in as in your life is not something you want. But when you make the decision to have children, at that point, they are your priority for the rest of your life. And you know, just because you oh, I'm lonely, I don't care. You need to take care of your kids first. That yep. that chick, you yep. know, she's. She needs to bear some responsibility in her life, not criminally, mind you, but she needs to carry that for the rest of her life on her shoulders and realize it's a lot of that is her doing. But right, but going back to the lady who's setting shit on fire, yeah, like shame on you, bitch, like shame on you. It ain't what you know. There's there's nothing this guy had. What does he have? A fourteen inch cock that's made out of fucking gold? Cures cancer, like. Like why? Why is she even fighting this he, hard for he, this dude to be? He, he ejaculates MMS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just about to say he rubs MMS on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure who picked that story, but come on, let's get some funny ones, folks. That one's just sad. Sorry, I do that to you every once in a while, Raz. You do, and I, I think you, you put this next story into the equation to start a fight, and I think I deflated you already, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. This is being reported well, by ABC News. Paralympian Blake Leeper barred from the Olympics because of his artificial legs give him an unfair advantage, athletic bosses say. Paralympian Blake Leeper has been prevented from competing at the Tokyo Olympics because his two prosthetic legs have been ruled to give him an unfair advantage. Leaper is running unnaturally tall with his prosthetic legs, and the World Athletics Mechanical AIDS Review Panel said, oh, Jesus. Uh, last October, the Court of Arbitration for Sports upheld a previous decision by the World Athletics, which ruled that Leaper had a competitive advantage against able-bodied runners because of the added height of his prosthetics. 
the difference is the new application by Mr. Leeper is that he now seeks approval to use prosthetics that are set to his standard height, which is approximately 184 centimeters, which is about five centimeters less than his standing height of 189.2 centimeters for the prosthetics that were the subject of the application ruled upon by the CAS. Oh, Jesus, that's, come on. <laughs> Can I get an award for just getting through that sentence without st- stammering? Jeez. I, uh, yeah, actually. A pat on the back. Pat, pat. Uh, the panel ruled that the use of the mechanical aids in the form of a passive elastic carbon fiber running specific prosthetic gave Leaper an overall competitive advantage over an athlete not using such aids. Under the rules governing maximum allowable standing height, Leaper should not be permitted to run at a height greater than 174.4 centimeters. Ah, Monday's decision means Leaper, who was born with no legs below the knee, cannot compete with his prosthetics at major World Athletic International events or the Olympic Games. The case was similar to one lodged by Oscar Pistoius, who was cleared to compete in able-bodied events after the CAS found his carbon fiber blades did not give him an advantage. Pistoius uh, went on to compete in the 2012 London Olympics and reached the semifinals in the 400 meters. One month later, the Paralympics... At the Paralympics, Leeper took silver behind Pistoius in the 400-meter T44 category. Okay. So I see two solutions. Either he get the, they, they approve some kind of prosthetic leg and he just wears those, or they let everybody wear prosthetic those prosthetic legs that he has. I, d- I don't think that's a compromise. <laughs> I don't think that's a compromise either. This my legs don't even fucking work, and I wouldn't wear those sons of bitches. That's this, this isn't that's a permanent. Uh, no, we're, this isn't no. Star Fox, dude. We're not hacking our legs off so we can go against G forces. Okay, like, <laughs> like Duck. If if we were still back in the days of King Solomon, maybe that would be an adequate compromise. But here in the in the regular civilized world, n- there is no compromise that involves somebody willingly amputating their own legs just to get a fucking prosthetic. Uh. No. Now, the, the funny thing is, I'm looking at this article as I read through it. This is uh, ABC News Australia. Uh, they have many pictures of Leaper. All of them are pictured from the knee up. They won't show the prosthetics in any of the pictures. <laughs> but um, doing a little investigative journalism, uh, the, the the prosthetics that he's actually wearing that they're this is a big controversy about are the same ones that Pistoius wore, and they're just giant um, blades or springs. I, I don't see how they if I, I don't see how they wouldn't give an advantage. I really don't. Cause he's it's it's a mechanical means of propulsion. <laughs> right. And do they weigh as much as a leg? No, they're carbon fiber. Yeah. So already right there, he's carting less weight than a human with two functional legs. And instead of having the lower half of the uh leg he's got a fucking spring it's like huh well you know i'm not a great fighter so let me replace my my arm with a gun and then i can win everything yeah but (laughs) but i'm not trained in fighting so it's it's still fair because you're trained in a fight and i'm not but i have a gun arm so So it's fair so that's how ronda rousey's gonna get back into the ufc she's gonna replace her from the knee down with a shotgun (laughs) have you ever seen planet terror Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm ashamed to say I have seen that, that scene from Planet Terror. <laughs> it's just like that. 
She's probably not allowed in the Olympics either. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Duck? I've never seen Planet Terror. It's yeah, it's, it's one of those. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a shitty zombie movie. It's a shitty short yeah. uh, set of movies, uh, and one of the it's like a, it's mini movies. I think they're all back to back to back, and one of them is the girl has her leg replaced with a shotgun. <laughs> oh, nifty. <laughs> and yeah. she, she's walking and moving so awkwardly. It's actually kind of amusing. Okay, Duck. So here's the reason we actually brought you in today. You know, it's not just for your you know, ravishingly good looks. Uh, but this is reported by Vice.com. Target is preparing to call the cops on frantic Pokemon card hunters. Now, some people are aware you and I have a, have a different podcast called the Mount Moon Review Podcast, and it's very Pokemon centric. That's that's what it's about. So it's it's kind of a niche audience, not for everyone. And we've we've discussed this in ad nauseum about how much I hate these people. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just just to recap, when COVID really really hit, um, people started looking for something to do. And one of the things they started doing was looking for shiny Charizard cards. That was that was pretty much what it was. That's what kicked everything off. And people were trying to turn a profit. They would go to these stores, buy everything out, and it got bad. And then McDonald's. Then McDonald's kicked in. And people yeah. started, you know, like robbing McDonald's for Happy Meals because they were giving out Pokemon cards. And let me tell you this, folks. Those cards weren't worth a damn thing. They're not. They're not worth a damn thing. But here we are with these a-holes. So let me uh, read this story, then we get both of your takes on this. Target is prepared to call the cops on uh, fanatic Pokemon card hunters. Pokemon card flippers are making Target stores chaotic, and the company has told employees to consider calling cops on people who camp out overnight. Target stores have been... Excuse me. Target stores around the country have pre-sunrise lines around the block and trading card sections look like bread aisles before a snowstorm or toilet paper aisles at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic as fans, collectors, and resellers are trying to uh, <laughs> trying to claim tins of Pokemon cards that can be resold for an easy profit. The chaos at Target stores has gotten so bad the company has instituted new policies limiting how many Pokemon cards any given person can buy. Target restocks one of the only uh, topics currently being talked about on many of the most popular Pokemon collecting forums, and Reddit is full of posts about people managing to snag packs or metal tins at Target. A lucky few have managed to snag a VMAX Pikachu, which in good condition can sell for several hundred dollars. It's 4 a.m., and I'm like the 15th in line at Target, one Reddit post reads, Think Target increased demand with their new policy, blah. Happy collecting out there. Signs have been posted at Target stores indicating that there is a three item per person limit, which would be reduced to one item per person at some stores, uh, would ban overnight camping. Multiple photos of Target policy posted at Pokemon TCG subreddits have suggested that Target employees are supposed to warn customers they cannot camp outside the stores, and if they are there for more than 30 minutes, the employee should determine next steps if law enforcement should be engaged at the time. The popular popularity of the Pokemon trading card game has seen a recent surge as new generations of kids are discovering that people who played it when they were younger are learning that the old cards could be worth thousands of dollars. 
prices of the cards, old and new, have skyrocketed to the point where certified guarantee, uh, guarantee company? That ain't, that ain't right. It's a CGC, which grades cards could improve their value in the secondary market, announced that it's working to increase its capacity to meet extraordinary growth in demand. The main uh, tar- targets at Target seem to be the Shining Fates tins, which retail for $29.99 and come with six booster packs of the Shining Fates expansion and a foil chase card. What the hell is a chase card? Uh, each uh, booster contains a total of 10 cards. Beyond being popular and fun, every Shining Fates tin co- contains 60 cards, and one of those 60 cards may contain the ultra-rare chase card worth hundreds of dollars. They are trying to score the Hidden Fates Elite Trainer Boxes, which retail for $49.99 and can easily be flipped on eBay for about $150. One particularly sought-after card in the Shining Fates set is the VMAX Charizard, which in mint condition can sell for $600 and $800. Another in the Vivid Voltage set is the Big Chungus Pikachu. They actually said Big Chungus! That, that is not what the card says, folks. <laughs> a rainbow foil decorated card depicted a giant-sized electric Pokemon called Pikachu VMAX. The chonky Pikachu in mint conditions can sell for roughly $400 on eBay. Your chance of getting a glistening rainbow Pikachu is about 1 in 1,000, meaning that for every 1,000 cards you buy, you'll probably get a Pikachu, according to Chardzard, a website that estimates pool rates on Pokemon card packs. Okay, this article keeps going on and on here, but let me skip down just a little bit. It's the policy that uh, makes sense for Target. Uh, When an item that becomes popular, stores often uh, be inundated with calls and fans asking the same questions over and over again. Do you have Pokemon cards? Can you check in the back for more Pokemon cards? Will there be more Pokemon cards? If anyone knows that the cards are coming in at 8 a.m. every Friday, then it cuts down on the amount of obsessive fans calling in the stores. And so essentially they're, they're saying that we're going to... I'm not going to go back through this whole article because it's freaking huge. Uh, but Target has started the point now where they're saying we're going to sell them on one day. It's going to be at this time. You come in and you take a number. And when we call your number, you have this amount of time to come to the counter, purchase your one to three items, depending on what they're doing that day, and then you leave. Has gotten that bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we in, on the Mount Moon Review podcast when we covered this back when it first started happening, especially with McDonald's incidents, uh, we were talking about how people were literally following the vendors around from store to store and stalking these guys. There'd be like a truck driving to the next door, and there'd be a whole caravan of cars behind it. And these guys were talking about starting to have to carry a gun just to make sure no one robs them. Um. Oh my God! I mean. Buck, you're completely, you know, out of this loop on this stuff. What do you think? I, I just, I used to collect cards for Star Trek, the uh, collectible card playing game, believe it or not. And uh, I remember, you know, trying to get like, uh, you know, my Federation deck all jazzed up. And was it, know, was ready, it actually, was it, was it actually a collecting or was it, a, was it a competitive game? both nice oh yeah oh yeah i i fucking ruled man especially after i got the board collective <laughs> oh man i've i i really pissed a whole bunch of geeks off <laughs> that's like playing the street fighter and then winning by doing nothing but the same move over and over again 
Yeah, that's like the Borg card. <laughs> it's like, like that's like the M Bison card. <laughs> you know. So you know, I remember, I remember how important it was for me to like be on the up and up and get the latest. But I think that the, you know, this is just an example of people taking it too fucking far. Like when people get that extreme over a game, it kind of ruins it. Yeah. You know. Now the it, the the, com- the competitive aspect of the game is one thing. The collecting aspect is completely another. I'm just talking about being competitive on getting the materials. True. On like camping outside of a Target store, you know, having having being ridiculous and and not just one person. You know, there there are super fans for everything, and I get that. I really do. There are there are people who are who are absolutely passionate about whatever it is that they're involved in to the point where it really makes sense for them in their own minds to be camping outside of a store. But then you've got some other asshats who, who set up camp outside the store just to get the cards so they can resell it on eBay. All they're doing is they're, they're taking advantage of the fact that they got more free time than the average Joe who likes to freaking like work and have a hobby, you know, like they're taking advantage of that guy. And then they're inflating the market. And then they're making it not even fun for kids to participate in because you got a bunch of adults sitting there at the card aisles looking at little kids shop for them and be like, you don't appreciate that. Just hand that over here. You know, go fuck yourself. Okay? Everybody's supposed to enjoy this. This is something that everybody's supposed to enjoy. It's like playing the lottery. You know, buying cards to me is like playing the lottery. You go in, you buy a reasonable amount of packs... You know, you want to make sure that there's like more than just ramen noodles in your pantry when you're done going to to buy Pokemon cards. And the these people, they just they embody everything that is bad about a hobby or a collectible. That's my take on it. I don't think that they should like I don't think that I don't think that these things should happen. That's a very Disney perspective because there's no way to mitigate or or even curb this other than making ridiculous fucking rules. Like We'll only find. You want to know what? You're not camping. We're going to charge your ass with loitering. And now everybody who actually enjoys the game has to sit there and wait in line like a little fucking kid because we're only going to sell these things for one hour out of the day, one time per week. And because of every other asshat who can't control themselves, greedy-ass motherfucker, you know, somebody who, somebody who just enjoys playing the game, or collecting the cards because of some nostalgic purposes, just because they get great enjoyment out of having their stuffy stuff, has to fall victim to some asshole's douchebaggery. And that's, you know what? That's probably the most intelligent thing I've ever said while we've been recording in 48 weeks, and I'm going to stop it here on an eye note. <laughs> All right, now we move on to the Blue Duck Gold Duck. Yeah. All right, so. You better be intelligent. People- the people that are going in and buying these cards and marking them back up, they're not doing it for the sake of collecting. They're doing it, you know, to flip, you know, to make a profit off of off of the retail of the products. Those aren't the people trying to build decks and play the card game. You know, I didn't I didn't buy packs when I was playing competitive. No. I bought the single card I needed to make my deck. I did not I didn't play the lottery. I now, took the shirt. Thing now here, here's for... here's the thing. Like to make a competitive deck, 150, 200 bucks. Would you say that's probably about accurate? It depends. 150 it, it requires an initial investment. 
But once you get the 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 foundation, yeah, it's really not that expensive. Yeah, usually good for about a year because you can swap things in and out. But let's just say two hundred bucks to get in. You know, it, 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 there's not a whole big uh, like cost of entry to get in there, considering you know what sports cost, for example. Now, do I buy packs? Not typically. Uh, I would trade, and I would go to the stores that were selling singles, or I'd buy them online. Now, in tournaments, a lot of times you would win packs. That's 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 the prize because they couldn't give you money. So you'd you know you, if you won, okay, well you get here's here's ten packs of the newest series, and it was fun. It was fun to sit there and just open those packs up, and yes. and you you actually knew what order they were in with the set. So you, you you'd keep them face down and you'd reorder them so that the card that had the potential to be the high value one was on the bottom. So it was the last one you saw. And you'd go through them, and there was this big exhilaration when you finally get to that card, because the whole store would explode like, yeah! You know? <laughs> and and that, was the, that was the cool thing about it. And then, you know, you'd instantly go up to this counter and say, you want to buy this? Because <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in the article, it talks about um, how CGC was, like, expanding. CGC is actually shut down, because they can't handle everything. They're, they're telling Nick, no, we're not doing Pokemon right now. We're done. Um, and for a business who that is their livelihood, that speaks volumes for what how how bad it's actually getting right now. But here's another problem with the scalpers. Okay, if you go and you buy a product and you just flip it for for you know however ten times retail value, you're scum. But if you're paying those prices. You're an idiot. <laughs> and justifying the scalpers, you're just as bad. If we would all just, hey, guess what? My my PC needs some upgrades, but I'm not I'm not paying what what people are charging for graphics cards right now because it's ridiculous. If everybody just had that mindset, then the scalpers would lose money, and then all the all the market would drop. But people keep buying them. People paid $800 for sealed boxes of, of McDonald's cards. People are paying $400 for a standard card. That's ridiculous. If nobody paid it, nobody would sell it for that price. And that's not just Pokemon cards. That's, that's anything in general. Anything. My, one of my favorite stories of all time, and there's, and there's actually video of this. When the, uh, one, of the new, one of the new iPhones came out, this woman went to New York, to the Apple store right off Times Square. And there was people that had been camped out there for like two weeks. And she walked up and she had like this like insane stack of money. And she walked up to the guy at the front of the line who they were interviewing. And she paid him like $1,000 to be the first one in line. And what, she, and what her plan had been, and this is all, like they're recording this for the news as this is happening. Her plan had been she had a bag full of money. She was going to buy the entire store stock of iPhones. She got it. She paid this kid $1,000 to be the first one in line. She got inside, went up to the counter and said, I'll take all you got. She has limit of one per customer. <laughs> so that iPhone cost her probably, you know, $1,700. <laughs> I just made me giggle tremendous. I'm so happy she got fucked in the end. I'm so happy that woman got fucked. (laughs) No, you know what, though? Dunk, you made a good point. You know, these scalpers, they they ruin it for everybody. And that's another example. Like, what what 
what reason do you have other than to be a selfish fucking dick than to go up and buy an entire store's stock of one item? The scop like to make scout, some, to make money, some right? Money make just money. To, like what other reason could there be for that None other whatsoever. than to just be an outright asshole? That's uh, and, the only reason. No, they no. Need. There's there's another reason. Magically non-existent internet points. So you can take a picture of yourself with all this shit around you. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. But again, it's something It's something for... Why do you... Like, I was just going to keep on going with that until you looked like a guilty kid. And then I was like, oh, oh shit, something might have actually happened. Well, I, I kind of I smashed my router slash modem and flung it across the room. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're still up. Yeah, but... Yeah, but I mean, like... There's there's only one thing that you could absolutely attain from doing that, and that's just being a dick. Douche you know, you might be you might be a rich dick at the end of it, but you know, it, it's just you're ruining it for everybody, and that's and that's what these people with the fucking Pokemon cards are doing. They're ruining it. Well, let's... you know, they're, they're they're bastardizing something that people attach. Their you know childhood emotions too, and, well, and they're genuine. You know, you know no, here's the worst part about what's going to end up happening before we move on is people are going to do keep continue to do this until there's no buyers, and there's going to be no buyers because people are sick of it and they're getting out of the hobby. Now the hobby is going to have less people in it, and then these people that are the super buyers, well now they're not making money anymore, so they're not going to buy it anymore, and then the product's going to completely be stagnant. You're going to see the same product on the shelves, not not moving for months and months, and you're going to end up killing, killing the entire hobby because of what's going on. And you know the, the retailers don't really care because they're making money hand over fist. What do they care? Uh, but long term, you're going to, the, the hobby is going to die. And it's, I'm not just talking about Pokemon; I'm talking about hobbies in general when this kind of thing happens. But let's move on to more happy things. And this is being reported by the BBC News. Carers, which we have one, you know, that's closely associated with us and caregiver Katie, um, can help vulnerable clients visit sex workers. So are you, uh, you feeling vulnerable there, Bucky? Um, I all am. the time. I'm vulnerable. <laughs> I am vulnerable. <laughs> Duck, let me tell you what, man. I've been riding your ass a little bit on this show today and and i i wanted to lay off because it's starting to look like i'm treating you like a real dickhead but when you say shit like that it makes it impossible not to so please 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 if you're gonna walk around with a target on your back you will be put on blast so yes yes i believe you you are vulnerable (laughs) well if i didn't want to be put on blast i would have said no i don't want to do this show (laughs) true i love you doc a senior judge has ruled it is lawful for carers in specific circumstances to help clients find and pay for sex. The ruling found it would be wrong to stop them from helping a 27-year-old man with mental disabilities fulfilling a natural desire. The landmark ruling could have major implications for others. Ministers have been given permission to appeal the judgment because of its implications for policies in combating prostitution. The Court of Protection, which made the ruling, is dedicated to taking decisions for people who lack the mental capacity to live independently and safe and safe and safe lives. Blech. 
The young man is the center of the case, also known as C, is fit and healthy, but lives with carers because he needs daily help with many parts of his life. He has autism and a genetic disorder, but Mr. Justice Hayden said that after speaking with C, he found that he is he was happy and well-supported. The court heard that C knew that he uh, would probably never find a girlfriend, but he nevertheless wanted to experience sex, and so he had to ask his carers if they could find him a sex worker who would be paid for their services. The request led to a hearing at the Court of Protection because it was not clear to C's carers whether they would, legally, would act illegally if they agreed to help. Under England's complex prostitution laws, paying for sex is not a crime, but actions that encourage it are, uh, its arrangements are. So if you pay for it in hindsight, you're good, but if you make arrangements to do it, that's a crime, is what they're saying. Uh, C's carers also feared that they could be jailed for up to 10 years for inciting a vulnerable person into a sexual relationship. In a landmark judge judgment, Mr. Justice Hayden ruled that the aim of sexual offenses laws was to prevent abuse rather than stand in the way of C's request. If the law banned the carers from helping C, they would be discriminating because anyone else would without his condition could lawfully pay for sex. It is important to recognize that those with mental health disorders have, in the past, effectively been prevented by the law from engaging in sexual relationships, said the judge. It is no longer the objective of the law to prevent people with mental disorders from having sexual relationships. Rather, it is to criminalize the exploitation and abuse of such adults by those whom they are in a relationship of trust. The judge said that a second legal question, whether a paid sexual relationship would genuinely be in C's best interest, could only be considered once a specific plan had been devised. Lawyers for the Justice Secretary, Robert Buckland, are now appealing their ruling. They had argued that granting permission to the carers to help C would undermine attempts to reduce prostitution by using the state's care services to facilitate it. But Mr. Justice Hayden said the government's objective was logically unsustainable. Uh, while it is entirely understandable that the Secretary of State would not wish to uh, be seen to act in a way which might be perceived as encouraging prostitution, the fact remains that it, the act is legal. The Secretary of State may not obstruct those who wish to participate in lawful transactions, nor logically those who wish to help them by being their carers or otherwise. So, uh, hookers for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm not even like is is chauvinistic or whatever as this may sound. I actually support that, and and on a very like personal level too, because just because I am disabled does not like exclude me from the finer points of life. You know, which, and that's which we have which we have covered in depth on this show. Right. <laughs> Right. But no, the thing is, though, is that, you know, somebody might argue, oh, well, mental disabilities, mental disabilities. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, just because you are mentally disabled does not, you, does not mean that you do not have the mental capacity to want or desire these things. And I think as long as the person in question wants and desires them and is mentally, like, able to kind of wrap their mind around what's going on, then... It should be okay. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, whether or not a relationship like that would be in the patient's best interest, uh, let me tell you something from somebody who's been in a marriage for 10 years. There are times where I look back on that experience and go, man, if I could have just paid for it. 
one and done and out. Like, the guy's mentally disabled. He's not looking for a girlfriend. He's looking for, you know, some... Companionship. Some playtime. Yeah, he's just looking for a little bit of playtime. And you know what? He's entitled to it. Everybody is. But the thing is, is that if it's not available, you can't get it. Well, now it's becoming available, and... Yeah, as long as everybody's safe, sane, and consensual, there really shouldn't be an issue with it. Duck. I mean, that's just my opinion. My opinion. Duck, what is your your take on the ladies of the evening? Well, I personally don't. You know, it can people should be able to do what they want. The problem is, the, there's laws. The laws are to protect people from human trafficking, right? That's what the laws prevent, or that's the laws are extra steps in the way to prevent that. Well, no, so, no, not originally. The laws were put in place because of morality laws. Right, 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 right. That's, that's out the window now. Well, that's the whole point that they're arguing is that you know, oh, well, we want to prevent prostitution. You know, prostitution would get out of control. That's what that's what they're saying. Uh, but would it? I mean, and here's my whole here's my whole take on prostitution. I can pay a guy to come over to my house dressed as a clown, jump around, sing and dance for an hour, smashing pies in his face. That's fine. But if I pay him to pull his wiener out, well, that's prostitution. That's a that's a big no-no. Well, yeah, and I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on that one, Raz. I mean, you it's... can hire a stripper. That that depends on the state and that depends on the country. <laughs> but yeah, what I, but I just don't see anything wrong in, in having somebody paid for sex if they want to have sex with you for money i mean then it's a good for an exchange and, here, and here's, an, a, a and here's another aspect an exchange, of, I mean. here's another aspect of that uh right now i've been trying to find a landscaper okay i've had three different companies stop by my house and give me a quote to cut my grass each of them was charging between seventy and eighty-five dollars a cut. Oh my God! Yes, I had some sticker shock, and I'm sure there's landscapers listening to this thing. And oh my God, you're you're a cheap bastard. I am. Um, now, in the process of looking for a landscaper, one of the neighbor kids approached me, 15 years old. He wants to start earning money for getting his first car when he turns 16. He says, "I'll I'll cut your yard and I'll do it for thirty dollars." I go, "We're going to give you a try, young man." Now, is he going to be as good as those landscapers? I don't know yet, but probably not. And here, here's the whole thing. Yes, we've all had miserable sexual encounters. Do you want to go through your whole life and just go on from one miserable excuse for an orgasm to another? Or do you want to shell out a couple of ducats and get a pro that knows exactly what they're doing and is going, going to do their best jobs that you come back and pay them more money for the next time? Right. Yeah, you, right. Were, you were wondering where I was going with the lawn cutting, weren't you? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was getting I there. I really was. I was getting there. <laughs> I was really, I was really, I was like, hmm, how are we going to full circle this one? <laughs> I was, it was formulating. It was formulating. <laughs> But I mean, I really don't have a problem with prostitution. I really don't. I don't want to see them standing on the side of the road, like you see, like in Washington D.C. and stuff like that. I, I was, I've been literally down in downtown D.C. and and seen a woman standing butt naked on the side of the corner. I don't want to see that. And that's and that's unattractive as hell. It really is. And if they were to regulate prostitution instead of criminalize it, 
they'd be able to reap the benefits of paid sex workers. They'd be able to tax them. All those girls would get medical insurance. There'd be a lot less freaking crime associated with it. The pimping industry would be, you know, pretty much freaking, you know, squashed. Well, we, we, we do this already in certain parts of the country. There are certain counties yeah. where prostitution is legal and encouraged. Right. <laughs> right. So, and you know what? What's the harm in it? You know, somebody's wife just doesn't want their husband going out to the local whorehouse? Well, no shit. That's kind of counterintuitive. But they would want their own. But let me ask you this: if you're the, if you're that that said wife and you don't want your husband going out to the local whorehouse, do you? You, you apparently you are well aware that he's got proclivities proclivities for stepping out and cheating on you. Would you rather him go to Helga down the street, who's just spreading her legs for a twenty, or would you want him to go to the regulated, tested, and uh, completely like rule centric. This is what it's going to be to so keep everyone safe. Whorehouse, right? Oh, so like a place that you just go for it. It's that called a brothel, sense. duck. <laughs> that's, that's safer. Yeah, it's called a brothel. They exist. That's so much better. <laughs> it is. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or not, Buck. I don't know. I just, there's I such a childlike innocence Michael. around him that I just find so refreshing. I'm like, he doesn't know that they already have I, buildings I for sex. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking like part of my argument would have been, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's not a solid argument because people do that. People go to other people's houses for sex already for free. So it wouldn't be a solid argument, but it, you know, it's, yeah, some people probably wouldn't be safe in those situations. But if you're, yeah, you ever hear AIDS? Contraceptive <laughs> <laughs> hide. You're gonna hide from AIDS? <laughs> Nobody hides from AIDS. <laughs> but no, yeah, if there was like a government regulated place that you just go. Get off and leave. I'll tell you what, Everybody's Duck. Everybody's happy. Everybody's safe. I'm going to blow your mind, Duck. I want you to look up on your phone because your, your computer is somewhat engaged right now. Look up on your phone, the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. And then we're going to take this show on the road, folks. We're going to do a live recording of the Social Liability Podcast from Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're going to take Duck outside of Las Vegas because it's not legal in Paradise or Las Vegas County. It's the county north of Las Vegas County where the Moonlight Bunny Ranch exists, is one of the first and most well-regulated and famous legal brothels in the United States. They are not sponsoring this episode, but if you would like to sponsor this episode, you too can send Duck to the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. (laughs) You know what? It's just, what's the date today? It's April 30th, 2021, 4.47 p.m., and... It looks like Duck is coming to the realization that there are places where where man can be a man. It's not loaded. Oh, well, well that's well. that's what she said. But don't worry, there they is, can help you with that too. And trust me, that website <laughs> that website has a menu. Enjoy. So we're gonna move on to the title uh, title story of this episode, and when. when I was trying to come up... We always try to come up with a title for the episode before we start filming because we do the live version and it's on there on the screen. 
on our YouTube channel, which you can also check us out live on there. If you haven't done that yet, you can just look for the Mount Moon Crew or the Social Liability Podcast on YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Uh, but this is episode 48. It's not a poop wall. It's a compost fence. Is that not clip clickbaity enough for you? <laughs> that should drag in at least two or three people. They have virginity auctions. Ooh. I don't want a virgin, dude. I want somebody who knows what they're doing. No, I think Duck was advertising. He's like, yeah, get in on that. Get on on this. <laughs> Duck's like, I should be able to throw like a maybe 50, 60 bucks. I get myself in there. I think they only hire women, Duck. Sorry. Uh, well, this is this is being reported by uh, MLive.com. This is a Michigan thing. So, uh, Lodi Township, Michigan. A property line dispute between neighbors in southeast Michigan led to the construction of a 250-foot-long wall of poop or a compost fence. Fox 2 Detroit reports. <laughs> the cow manure is normally spread out on the farmer's field next door, said Wayne Lambarth, who owns the adjacent property in Lodi Township, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the county because I can't. Now the turds are piled on a, as a smelly reminder of a property line dispute from last year. The stench permeates uh, Lambert's rental house near the property line, the report says. Complaints have been lodged, but, but local officials say there's nothing they can do since the feces is on the farmer's property. And the farmer is quoted as saying, it's not a poop wall, it's a compost fence. <laughs> I, I do not like There's having short stories. Thing to do. Oh! Okay, you get a rim shot for that one. Where's my rim shot? There it is. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't like putting the short stories at the end, but just to, to use that title, I had to. Have <laughs> you ever had a dispute with any of your neighbors, Duck? Um, no. Really? Even the guy that like rev his motorcycle every time we try to record the Mountain Moon Review podcast? I, and how how he knew that we were recording? I have no <laughs> freaking idea. Even when we switched to a different day of the week, he still was in, and that was the only time he did it. That's while we were recording. How about Buck? Eh, I don't have problems with anybody. Oh, you lying bastard! One of our first episodes was talking about neighbors. Yep, and I no longer have problems with them. Oh my god, you guys are no fun. None! I, no, I am fun. That's why I don't have problems with the guy anymore. Because I'm fun. I grew up in the country. I didn't have any, any neighbors. We can tell. You didn't know there were whorehouses until today, years old. <laughs> Dude, I've had... I, I, left, <laughs> I left the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania because of bad neighbors. Now, that wasn't the exact reason we left, but it was one that encouraged me to say yes to my wife. <laughs> Uh, but can you imagine being so mad at someone that you put up a wall of shit between you and them? I mean, if, if you have the resources and you have a wall of shit, you, you're going to make a wall of shit. And I fully support this man's endeavors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, if those are the tools that you have available at your disposal, then dispose of them into a wall. He's out of line, but he is not wrong. No, it's a perfect line. It's a line of shit. <laughs> yeah, it, the property line was in dispute. He just made a compost fence. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a shit fence. It's a compost fence. 
I love it. I really do. I mean, what better way <laughs> to say fuck you to a neighbor other than like well, the, guy, you know, the guys that like, I, like, like shave the hedges into a giant middle finger, you know? <laughs> what would be even better is if there were like... Uh-oh, I think we lost Buck. Oh, we did! Buck dropped. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Oh, Buck's back. I, I heard him. I heard him. And all I, all I see is a picture of a little dog. Well, Does that show up on the show? Yeah, that's showing up on the show. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but since Buck dropped us, folks, I think that's probably a good place to, uh, to to contemplate our own mortality here. And we need time to do that. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Liability Podcast. You can always listen to us on our YouTube channel as well as where we are hosted with Anchor. Uh, but you can also, if you don't like Anchor, you can listen to us on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And every once in a while, too, we also find places that are hosting us that we didn't even know about. So don't. if someone ever says, I couldn't find it when you recommend the show, they're full of crap. They didn't look. That's all I can really say. So that means folks. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you next week on the latest edition of the Social Liability Podcast. Thank you.